When it comes to air quality, the bad news is that wildfires and air pollution have really degraded the quality of our air. But the good news is that we're all realizing that the quality of our air, and particularly the quality of our indoor air, is really darn important. I'm so excited to tell you about Puro Air because in 30 minutes, this device will remove allergens, dust, smoke, and gases from your room. It uses a stronger type of filter called a HEPA-14, and it filters pollutants at a microscopic level. I keep my Puro Air running upstairs where the bedrooms are all night. I love that it's quiet. Cleaner air just hits different, doesn't it? Check out everything Puro Air has to offer at getpuroair.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. One more time for the people in the back, getpuroair.com. I'm Stephanie Safarian, and this is Episode 90. You are listening to the Sustainable Minimalist Podcast, a show about living simply and sustainably with your family. Here's your host, Stephanie Safarian. Hello there and welcome back. Today I am exposing 10 seemingly benign items that we all have in our homes that are actually quite dangerous to our healths. Now right off the bat, we are not talking about cleaning products today. I'm not even going to go there. We aren't talking about beauty products either. And that's not to say that cleaning products and beauty products aren't dangerous and aren't potentially toxic. It's just that these items are outside the scope of today's episode. I could do an entire episode on beauty products. I've already done an entire episode on cleaning products. So today we're just talking about the seemingly benign items that at first glance you would never think they could be harmful, but they actually are. Now, a few facts. Out of 62,000 chemicals that are approved for use in the United States, Only 300 of them have been tested for safety. So 62,000 approved, but only 300 tested. Wow. Another fact, chemical regulation in the United States is dramatically more lax than it is in the European Union. An example here is that while only eight cosmetic ingredients have been banned in the United States... The European Union has banned more than a thousand cosmetic ingredients. My goal today and every day is to help you create a home that's decluttered and welcoming, and most importantly, I believe, safe for you and your family. So if you're doing a fall declutter, maybe the following items, the ones I'm exposing today, are the ones you look twice at and remove from your home. My second goal today is to inform Perhaps you've heard through the grapevine that some of the items I'm calling out aren't so great, but perhaps you don't know why exactly they're so bad. Today, I'm giving you that why in ways that I hope are easy to understand. This week's show notes, you can find them at mamaminimalist.com forward slash 090. That's M-A-M-A minimalist.com forward slash 090. Enjoy the episode. Item number one that is seemingly benign, but actually quite dangerous, is your shower curtain. Now, we've talked about the dangers of plastic many times on this show. And so if you've been listening for a while, you might have found yourself giving your plastic shower curtain the side eye once or twice. And if that sounds like you, 
you should be giving it the side eye. You are right. And that's because many plastic shower curtains are made with polyvinyl chloride, or PVC, which is a compound that consists of a variety of toxins, including phthalates, we'll talk about those later, ethylene dichloride, lead, BPAs, et cetera, et cetera. What's especially scary about these PVCs is that they're released into the air as a result of the heat and the moisture from the shower. So more heat and more moisture in your shower means that your shower curtain breaks down that plastic liner and these toxins enter the air. PVCs have been linked to damage to hearts, lungs, reproductive organs, and more. And scariest of all, in my opinion, is they are possible cancer-causing agents. When it's time for you to replace your shower curtain, know that there are eco-friendly, non-toxic, green alternatives. You can find nylon curtains or cotton curtains or hemp alternatives. I personally prefer nylon because it's safe and, this is very important for me in my busy season of life, it is mold and mildew resistant because nobody wants to be (laughs) scrubbing off the mold and the mildew of their shower curtain, right? So I like nylon. I've linked to my favorite in this week's show notes, but know that nylon, cotton, and hemp are eco-friendly alternatives to the traditional plastic shower curtain. Next up are air fresheners. Air fresheners contain a brew of chemicals called phthalates. Now, maybe you've heard of phthalates before. They've been getting some negative attention in the press lately, but they're everywhere. They're in toys, they're in hairspray, they're in flooring. But just because phthalates are everywhere doesn't mean that they're safe. Phthalates are known to cause hormonal abnormalities, reproductive problems, and birth defects. Air fresheners contain vague ingredients labeled as quote, preservatives or propellant or fragrance. We'll talk about that one later. But here's the point. The dangerousness of the chemicals in air fresheners is amplified by the fact that air fresheners are often used excessively in small and unventilated rooms. So if you want to make your home smell nice, but you don't want the chemicals and you don't want the potential toxicity, I have a bunch of chemical-free suggestions in this week's show notes. I'm just going to give you a few ideas right now on the show. The first one is to, I love plants, you know it, but bring in a big pot of something fragrant and flowering. The first thing that comes to my mind is jasmine. It's fairly easy to grow. It smells great. No toxicity. It also cleans your air. A++ in my book. The next one is to diffuse essential oils. There are many different tricks of the trade when it comes to diffusing essential oils, but in the bathrooms, my favorite trick is to put a couple drops of your favorite essential oil scent on the tip of a Q-tip and then hide it within your toilet paper roll. Your bathrooms will smell lovely, nobody will know where the smell is coming from, and nobody will get sick, so I love that. Another tip for making your home smell nice is to put baking soda jars in places other than the refrigerator. We put baking soda in the fridge because it deodorizes. Take that same principle and apply it to other rooms in your home by inconspicuously placing some baking soda in other rooms of your home. The final tip I have for you when it comes to making your home smell good is so simple that we often overlook it, but it is when the weather's right to open those windows 
and let those stale odors exit. Item number three is canned food. There are so many benefits to purchasing canned food, right? It lasts an awful long time, which means that the food waste possibility is greatly reduced. It also comes packaged in a material that's highly desirable from a recycling standpoint. Aluminum cans can be recycled almost indefinitely, but plastic can't. But there's one really terrible, dirty little secret when it comes to canned food, and it's that cans are very often lined with BPA. BPA, or bisphenol A, has been greatly restricted in the European Union, in Canada, in China, in Malaysia, and that's because BPA mimics the structure of estrogen. BPA can bind to estrogen receptors and influence our bodily processes like growth, cell repair, fetal development, energy levels, reproduction, the list goes on and on. BPA may interact with other hormone receptors too, like for instance your thyroid, and alter their functions as well. One more terrible, horrible thing about BPA is that BPA is especially harmful for young children. Now, you probably associate BPA with plastic, right? And if so, you're right. BPA is often found in plastic products. But if you think that canned foods lined with BPA aren't that dangerous, know that a study had people eat one serving of either fresh or canned soup daily for five days, and the urine levels of BPA from those who consumed the canned soup were 1,221% higher than those who ate the fresh soup. Now, here's where the story gets interesting. In many products, BPA has been replaced with BPS or BPF. BPS has been shown to have the same endocrine disruption problems as BPA. So if you see cans in the supermarket boasting BPA free lining, exclamation point, exclamation point, right? It's a marketing technique. They want your attention. Marketers know you know that BPA is bad, so they're going to put its BPA free can right on that label front and center. Know that that is wonderful and great, but the jury's still out on whether that can is instead just laced with BPS. Hours of internet searching on my end came up empty, so I'll continue to search and I'll report back if I find anything. However, I like to err on the side of caution, and so to be safe, I try to avoid cans at all costs. Instead, consider buying dried, buying fresh, and buying in bulk. Next up, item number four that's seemingly benign but actually quite dangerous is hand sanitizer. Now. I go to an exercise class a few mornings a week, and there's this complimentary bottle of hand sanitizer next to where we put our props away. And my fellow exercisers drench themselves in hand sanitizer after class. It's not just for their hands. It's for their upper arms. They put it everywhere. And I get it. Germs are scary, right? But you know what's scarier than germs? Triclosan. Triclosan is all up in hand sanitizer. It's also in antibacterial hand soap and toothpaste and deodorant. It is a synthetic pesticide with a bad reputation as a carcinogen and as a hormone disruptor. It's also known to cause liver damage and, of course, the development of antibiotic-resistant bacteria. Again, triclosan is in a lot of products. And unless you're buying a green product 
like Myers, for example, it's probably in your liquid hand soap in your bathroom. The good news is that triclosan is listed. And if it's listed on the back of your product, you can easily avoid it by buying triclosan-free alternatives. Next up, item number five is non-stick pans. Sure, they're so convenient. They save a bunch of cleaning time, no more scraping off that hardened food. But non-stick pans are covered in Teflon. And Teflon is the nice-sounding trademark name of the very toxic-sounding real name of polytetrafluoroethylene. Polytetrafluoroethylene is that coating that makes products not stick, and when it's released to high temperatures, it releases gases, all of which have been linked to putting humans at higher risk for cancer and other health problems. A little fun fact here is that polytetrafluoroethylene is in microwave popcorn bags and it lines pizza boxes, too. Now, back to nonstick pans for a minute. It's always best to opt for stainless steel or cast iron. It's just a good practice to get in. So if you are in the market for some great new pots and pans, always look for stainless steel or iron skillets. Item number six and item number 6.5 are dryer sheets and fabric softeners, respectively. The average American household has 3 to 10 gallons of toxic household cleaning products in them, and the chemicals in dryer sheets and fabric softeners are considered to be among the most toxic. Research has found 12 chemicals in dryer sheets. I'm not going to name them all, but I'm going to name some that you might have heard before. Camphor, chloroform, benzyl acetate. Many of these chemicals are solvents that directly affect the nervous system and the endocrine system, and they contribute to the development of chronic illnesses. These chemicals linger on the clothes after they're washed, and then they enter your body through your largest organ, which of course is your skin. Fabric softeners and dryer sheets are also made up of a hefty dose of fragrance. The term fragrance on a label can mean that there's up to a hundred more synthetic chemicals in the product. And the term fragrance gets even more confusing to understand when you learn that the term fragrance-free still means there's the potential that a fragrance is in the product to cover up the chemical smell. So labels are completely misleading here, and I have a quick story to explain this point. For many, many years, I thought I was doing the right thing by my family by buying a big name brand laundry detergent that was, quote, this is actually what the bottle says, free and gentle and fragrance free. Imagine my surprise when I learned that it's not fragrance free. The fragrance freeness that the marketers are touting was actually a fragrance to cover up the chemical smell of the laundry detergent. If you're looking to replace dryer sheets, know that you can simply just put some wool dryer balls in the dryer with your clothes to eliminate wrinkles and static cling. And if you're looking to replace fabric softener, just add a quarter cup of baking soda to your wash cycle, and that will soften fabrics the eco-friendly way. Another alternative to fabric softener is to 
add vinegar. Use it on towels, diapers, and heavy fabrics like jeans, like denim, but don't use it on delicates. So just add half a cup of white distilled vinegar to your rinse cycle and watch vinegar do the exact same thing as fabric softener without those 12 nasty chemicals. Moving right along to items number 7 and 7.5, which are your couch and your mattress. The inspiration for this episode came from one of the members in our private Facebook group, The Sustainable Minimalists. I reached out and I asked everybody who was in the group, what did they want to hear from me on this show? And someone reached out and said they wanted to know about chemicals in household things like your couch. And when I read that, I thought, oh my goodness, my couch is dangerous. I can't believe it. I did a little bit of research and sure enough, My couch is dangerous, and yours might be too. What's more dangerous is my mattress. About five years ago, my husband and I were on the hunt for a new mattress, and we did what many people do, right? We went to the store, we laid on a bunch of beds, we compromised on a mattress that fit both of our sleeping needs, and it turned out to be a memory foam product. Keep that in mind, memory foam. We're going to talk about that later. A few days later, that mattress arrived, And after the delivery, people removed the plastic wrapping. We were hit with a chemical smell so strong that we had no choice but to open the windows and shut the door to our bedroom. We did not enter our own bedroom for five entire days, and we slept on the futon downstairs instead. It was just that bad. I called the store, and they told me not to worry, right? The mattress is just off-gassing. They made sure to mention to me on the phone that this off-gassing was not harmful. And I really wanted to believe them, right? I did not want to go through the hassle of returning a mattress and being without a bed. So I did nothing. And that was probably the biggest mistake on my part. Because even though our mattress stopped smelling after about maybe five to seven days, it's still loaded to this day with flame retardants. Flame retardants are often found in older couches, in mattresses, in carpet padding, and flame retardant chemicals are linked to infertility, birth defects, cancer, diabetes, you name it, flame retardants may be the culprit. The idea behind flame retardants is great, right? If you have a house fire, your mattress that you're sleeping on or your couch will not go up in flames. But the problem is that these dangerous chemicals leach out of your furniture and enter your body through, again, your largest organ, which is your skin. This is especially concerning considering you spend one-third of your life or eight hours a day lying on your mattress with the utmost surface area touching your mattress. And so back to my mattress for a minute, just because it's no longer off-gassing, That doesn't mean that those dangerous chemicals are gone. They're still there, and they're still dangerous to my health every single night. Know that if you are in the market for a new mattress, you can find a flame-retardant-free one. I've linked to some in the show notes at mamaminimalist.com forward slash 090. But if you have an existing mattress you had no plans to get rid of, know that you can wrap it in an impermeable layer I have all the details on exactly how to do this also in the show notes at mamaminimalist.com forward slash 090. 
The exception to this rule is, dot, 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 memory foam mattresses like mine. It's not even recommended to wrap memory foam because they're just too toxic. If you're wondering about the fate of my current memory foam mattress, know that the jury is still out. My husband and I are in talks about what on earth to do with this expensive but very toxic mattress. When it comes to couches, I have a link to a list compiled by the Green Science Policy Institute of manufacturers that sell flame-retardant-free furniture. It's not a comprehensive list, but it's a good starting point if you're looking for a new couch. Item number eight, seemingly benign, right, but potentially dangerous, is your laser printer. A 2007 study found that some laser printers, when printing, give off ultra-fine particles that can cause serious health problems when breathed in. Now, how exactly does this work? When the printer toner and the printer paper pass over that hot printer roller, VOCs, when they mix in the air, they are linked to lung disease and heart disease, and you really just don't want to breathe them in. So if you spend most of your day always printing or always near a laser printer, consider making sure that the room the printer is in is well ventilated. And avoid standing next to or even worse over the printer as it's printing. And if you are at a desk all day and you have a laser printer right next to you, consider moving that printer or moving yourself so that you're not sitting next to it, especially if you have asthma or if you have heart disease. All right, two left. Number nine is mothballs. Moths chew holes through clothing and other textiles too, but People pack away mothballs to kill them. Studies show that the main repellent in mothballs can cause cancer. If you have a moth problem and have been relying on mothballs, know that you can keep moths away the eco-friendly way. Moths are repelled by the pheromones in cedar. So fill your home with cedar or with a cedar spray that's diluted with water in a spray bottle. So easy. No need for mothballs. Finally, item number 10, probably comes as a surprise to no one, is those pesticides. So you got yourself an ant problem. You have those little square ant pesticide boxes along the periphery of your baseboards. Don't use those and don't call Terminex either. 90% of households in the United States use some form of pesticide. And by the way, if you're not even entirely sure what a pesticide is, know that pesticide is a very broad term that encompasses a variety of chemical formulas that are designed to kill anything and everything from microorganisms to ants all the way up to rodents. The problem with pesticides is that the potential problems with their use on human health is long. Pesticides have been linked to a wide range of human health hazards. So on the smaller end, they've been linked to headaches and nausea and vomiting, all the way up to chronic issues like a ton of different types of cancer, reproductive harm, endocrine disruption, the list goes on and on. When it comes to pests and getting rid of them, I always recommend going with the green route first, right? You have nothing to lose, so why not try it? An example of this is mice. My basement has mice. 
Don't go straight for the chemicals. Try traps and see if that works first. Always leave chemicals to be your last resort. All right, there you have it. 10 household items that might be making you sick. I have so many resources in this week's show notes that I surely hope you check out. You can find them at mamaminimalist.com forward slash 090. And again, thank you so much to my amazing Facebook group for giving me the inspiration behind this episode. Know that you can join us. Just search Facebook for Sustainable Minimalists and come join an awesome group of non-judgy but really smart fellow sustainable minimalists. On next week's show, we're going back to an interview style. It has been a few weeks, but I'm bringing back the interview. We are talking about the sentimental clutter, how you face it, why you should face it, and how great your life will be once you finally tackle that sentimental clutter once and for all. I will see you then. Take care.